world today is driven by fear. Fear is a powerful emotion. It's the chink in your armor that the enemy uses to control you. The Apostle John wrote that the whole world lies in the sway of the wicked one who, with the world wide web at his disposal, now has a distribution network like never in history. So many different voices with twisted truth designed to keep you off balance and driving you to learn more and more. Is it bringing you peace? Are you weary? Are you finding it harder to be still and to hear the still small voice of the one who loves you? So grab your favorite beverage, find a quiet place and join Banner Kid for the Love is Calling podcast. Let's focus on Jesus, the lover of our souls. Well, good day and thank you for joining me for this episode. I appreciate you being along. Give me about a half hour of your time. I'm hoping to keep it right around that. I want to bring you up to speed on a few things that are going on. Uh, Since Karen and I left Messiah Fellowship, actually Karen uh, and I and our son Luke, uh, who now lives out in Des Moines, but we left Messiah Fellowship. It'll be two years ago this coming July 2022. And since then, like I said, Luke has moved to Des Moines and actually looking at maybe moving from there and actually going down into the southeast part of the states, uh, which is kind of interesting and (laughs) it's a subject for another time. But uh, we've also moved to Auburn, Indiana, and we moved here last September of 2021. And since coming down here, believing that this is where we are called to be, to do ministry, to actually accomplish something for the Father, And I believe coming down here, I was supposed to plant a church, maybe start that out with a Bible study. So far, that Bible study hasn't come together, and I've been seeking the Father about if that is the way I'm supposed to start. And um, I believe he's given me some more clear direction about that. I'll share that with you in just a moment. But first, I want to share with you what I have been doing for the last couple of months. I've become involved with Inspiration Ministries. It's based here in Auburn. And Inspiration Ministries is a Celebrate Recovery group. They run uh, group homes for men and women who have spent time incarcerated, addictions, issues, and bondage to various kinds of addictions, and really providing a great service. I believe the biggest program of its kind in the state of Indiana the Lord is really blessing it, and to be a part of that is such an honor for me. I'm just having a ball. What I'm doing is I'm teaching a group of men over in the Kendallville area once a week. We're going verse by verse, chapter by chapter through the book of Romans, and it is just such a blessing. These men are just hungry for the Word and are ready and willing to give worship to the King of kings and the Lord of lords because they've been delivered and they know what they've been delivered from. So that's been such a wonderful blessing and being plugged into that community and realizing as a part of that and having been outside the isolation of four walls of a fellowship that began to be greatly diminished more and more as time went on and just staring at four walls and talking amongst ourselves for all those years to be out and to learn just how big the body of Messiah is, that uh, it comes in all different colors and flavors and sizes and expressions. And and it's such a wonderful thing that belief in Messiah is the central part that binds us together and our submission to the Spirit 
will eventually bring us to that unity of the Spirit that he promised would happen. So I'm experiencing that. Now, part of what's been going on is we have submitted ourselves to Pastor Paul Mowry at Harvest Fellowship down in Fort Wayne, formerly down in the Leo area. They moved to Fort Wayne about six months ago, maybe seven months ago now. So we have been attending down there and becoming involved with that ministry. There will be more to come about our involvement down there. I'll let you know about that in upcoming weeks. And uh, so that's been a wonderful blessing, submitting to Paul and leadership down there, that they'll be able to bear witness that what the Father has, I believe, calling me to do, they'll bear witness with that and be able to come alongside me. I'm plugging in there, making myself available to them, and uh, so we're working on those things right now. And it's just, I can't tell you how wonderful it is to be re-established with people like Paul and and other brothers and sisters that I haven't seen for a long time that I was estranged from. So that's really cool. Now, back to here in Auburn. What I believe the Father is showing me, I believe he showed me this a couple of nights ago as I was praying about it, because every time I think about trying to get this Bible study jump-started, I just didn't have peace about it. So I'm seeking him and wondering, okay, Father, what do you want me to do? And He's been showing me some things about the Sabbath day recently that come into play in this. And the other thing that he brought to my mind is he reminded me in Acts at what we commonly call Pentecost or the Feast of Shavuot when they all obeyed Jesus, obeyed Yahushua, and they went and remained in the upper room for the Spirit to be given. And then we see what happened, the amazing, miraculous things. And then Peter gives this message, and uh, 3,000 people get saved. Man, that's the goal. That's my goal, is to be able to lead people to the Messiah that they might believe that he is who he is and trust in him and him alone and, and to receive salvation, to become a part of the family of God. So, So looking at that, and uh, the Sabbath day, putting those two things together that I believe the Father is kind of bringing together in my mind, in my heart, is that the Sabbath, realizing that the weekly Sabbath and the what we call the high holy days or the annual Sabbaths of the Feast of the Lord, being all about Messiah and the appointments that he keeps, the things that he has fulfilled and is fulfilling, that he does in order to redeem us, to make us ready to be a part of the family of God. And that God has provided all of that, and that in the Sabbath rest weekly and the annual Sabbath being a shadow of that true Sabbath rest in Messiah. And in thinking about that, I was led to look back again at Exodus chapter 20, in the Ten Commandments, you know, the beginning of that, you can boil that all down to love God and trust in Him alone and no other gods and don't make other images, don't worship idols, uh, don't take His name in a useless manner in vain. And the back half of that being love people. Don't cheat on your wife, don't look at your neighbor's wife and want to find a way to sleep with her, those kinds of things, not to steal from your neighbor, not to murder people, 
those kinds of things. Love people, love God. Smack dab in the middle of that is to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy or keep it set apart. And in observing that according to the shadow, they were told they should not work on that day, not even work their animals or their servants. And so the key part of that, the Father has impressed upon me many years ago that he's bringing back into my mind as he says, remember the Sabbath. So if we remember the Sabbath, what are we supposed to remember? Well, if you're going to remember it, I think you need to go back to when it was initially brought into play and the first mention of it. Well, that is back in Genesis, and it is in chapter 2. And that's where we're told that Messiah had completed all of his work. In six days, he did it all. He didn't need to add anything more to it. It was completely finished. And so uh, it is said that he ceased from his labors on the seventh day, on the Sabbath day. And so if we're to remember that, we remember that Messiah had done it all even then. We believe that the Word, which is Messiah, according to John chapter 1, that the Word was in the beginning, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and through him everything was created. And we see that in Colossians as well. So he created everything we need for life and godliness, which I believe Peter bears witness to, if I remember right, it's Peter, that in Messiah is everything we need for life and godliness. So having done all of that in the beginning and stopping from that labor from his work, from God's work, so that we would no longer have to look to another, he had done it all, we didn't have to do it ourselves. Look, when he did it all in the garden, he planted the garden for them. All they had to do was tend it, which in essence was you go out and pick what you want to eat. And he had done it all. They were in a great place. They didn't even know right from wrong. They had no consciousness of sin, which is a wonderful thing. So he's saying, remember all of that. Remember that. That's important that you remember that. And rest in that I've provided everything that you need. And he was offering that to them again. We know that uh, they didn't keep that. So we fast forward to when Messiah came as a man, the word, again, that was in the beginning, the word that was with God, the word that was God, came and was made flesh and dwelt among us. And then he satisfied the curse of sin and death by going to the cross willingly and allowing himself to be put to death and taking the penalty, our penalty upon himself, taking our sin upon himself and uh, receiving the penalty that should have been ours so that if we believe in him and what he's done, then we will be saved. You know, it says, believe in your heart and confess you with your mouth that he is Lord, we'll be saved, right? So when he hung on the cross, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then he said, it is finished. It is finished. His work when he came to purchase our salvation is finished. We can't add anything to that. Nothing we can do to add to that will make us more saved. As a matter of fact, if we try to reduce it down to our adding to it, watering it down, and putting our works to it, we've actually begun to move away from grace. That is just by belief in him. So having thought about the Sabbath in that regard, that our weekly rehearsal of the Sabbath for us now is remembering what Jesus did 
that he has provided everything we need, all the way back to the garden as the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, that through belief in him we will be saved, yield to his spirit, allow him to teach us, lead us into all truth by his spirit, and to be able to walk pleasingly by that belief and bear fruit under the Father, Galatians chapter 5, and many, many, many more verses that we could add to this whole scenario. So having believed that then, and knowing then that in him is all that we need, that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father, that we are exhorted to pray continuously, to seek him with petitions and thanksgiving and praise. So putting those two things together, I believe what the Father wants me to do is to start a prayer gathering down here in Auburn. And I would like to do that. I believe this is what he wants. Father, if it is what you want, I pray that you make the place available and make it happen, but that we would begin together every Sabbath, maybe for about an hour, and just bring our hearts to him, yield to him, and agree with one another in love and prayer that the Father would come and uh, meet with us and and give us direction and answer prayer in regards to things like our children and our grandchildren, our families, our loved ones, our friends, our communities, where we work for our nation, all of these things, whatever it is that's on our heart that may be troubling us, that we want to come and give praise openly to him for, that we would come together in one accord like they did in the upper room, giving thanks to him and, uh, and yielding to his spirit to accomplish what he wants, and the end result that people might be saved, and see where the Father takes that. So that is the next step with all of that. And if you want to be a part of that, if you're here in uh, the Northeast Indiana area, contact information at the end of this podcast uh, will tell you how to get a hold of me, and I'd love to talk with you about it. Now, as far as Harvest Fellowship, being submitted to Pastor Paul and the men down there, that they might bear witness to what I'm doing is something that uh, that I'm just greatly encouraged by so far, so thankful for. I'm going to be doing uh, a Q&A, kind of an interview kind of format with Pastor Paul coming up at the end of March. I'll give you more details on that later, but the long and short of it is we'll have some questions that Pastor Paul is going to ask me concerning my time in the Hebrew Roots Movement, the things that I'm seeing that I believe are dangerous about it, and I do believe there are things that are dangerous about it, in order to maybe just give a little bit of an overview, because there are people who are experiencing encounters with that, either with loved ones or directly themselves or with friends, and there are lots of questions and I believe the Father has given me insight, and I want to be able to share that. And so Pastor Paul wants to do that as well. So that's what we're going to do. It'll be live streamed, and I'll give you, again, more details on that later. It'll be on my website, bannerkit.com. I'll give you a link to where you can go if, if you want to access that live stream uh, or if you want to come to one of the three different services that that's going to be offered at. You can do that as well. So we've got that. That's coming up. Now I know that in this, there are people that I love dearly that are probably going to distance themselves from me and Karen even more than they already have. You know, when I was at Messiah Fellowship, I was part of that group that uh, took First John chapter 2, verse 19 out of context. It says, 
that they went out from us because they were not of us. And we took that to mean that if they left Messiah Fellowship, they actually left the truth and were in a dangerous place. And uh, so I don't believe that's true now. I believe the Father's shown me that that was an error. That's not what that's all about. Uh, when you look at First John chapter 2, that's all about those who deny that Jesus is the Son of God, deny Him or deny the Father that won't take them as, as being one. And, and I believe it has the idea of trusting in Messiah and Him alone for salvation. And so what he's talking about going out from us is not about going out from a local assembly, be it Messiah Fellowship or any other assembly, but it's talking about leaving the family of God and proving that you're not a part of that family because you no longer are someone of faith. And, you know, it's interesting that the only other place that I know of where that phrase went out from us is used is in Acts chapter 15, verse 24, And it says, since we have heard that some who went out from us have troubled you with words unsettling your souls, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law to whom we gave no such commandment. Now, that's interesting because, I mean, that's definitely not what I'm doing. In either case, what I'm doing is proclaiming that uh, Jesus is the Son of God and that he and the Father are one, that they have not changed I'm not saying they've changed, folks. That's not what I'm saying. They have not changed. It's a misunderstanding of what they've done and what they're doing and a misapplication of those things that we read about that is the problem. They have not changed. He has not changed. Our God is one, and he has not changed. And I'm not teaching that he has. I'm not teaching anything different from that. And likewise, I'm not teaching that you must be circumcised and keep the law to be saved. In Acts chapter 15, they gave no such commandment as that. So a works-based salvation, specifically in keeping the law that is written in the Scripture, is not necessary to be saved. So I'm not doing those kinds of things. But the idea of the way it was presented at Messiah Fellowship, and I was a part of to my shame, I repent of that, I regret it, was that those who left, left and were essentially leaving the truth that brings salvation not true at all. So I know that there are some that are still in the throes of that and see me as and Karen as in a dangerous situation, that we are walking away from Messiah, walking away from the truth of Torah, and that puts our salvation in jeopardy, and that I have become dangerous because I'm teaching that by works of Torah no one is saved, and that whole package. And I regret that they feel that way. Regret may not be the right word. I'm saddened that they might feel that way. But I'm not angry. How could I be angry? Because I did the same thing to other people. But I am saddened. And I hope that we'll be able to talk. And I hope they will listen to what I believe the Father has shown me. Listen, if you're firmly secure in your faith and in what you believe, There's no reason to be afraid to hear what I have to say, because if you are secure, you are hearing from the Spirit, you will know if it's error or if it's valid. And so I encourage you, I pray that you will give me the time to hear and that you will seek the Father, be willing to lay everything down on the line. Look, it was hard for me. Remember, guys, I attended Messiah Fellowship with many of you for the entire time 
Well, as a matter of fact, the only one that would be the entire time would be Pastor Ron and Vicki. But uh, for 27 years, but for many of you that are there, at least 10 years or more, some of you longer than that. So this is not something that I went into just kind of, oh, well, I'm leaving. Uh, I flipped the switch. No, not that at all. I've gone into this with much fear and trembling. And so don't think that this is just some fly-by-night kind of thing. I believe you need to hear this. I believe I know that I have to tell it because it is dangerous. Those of you who know who attended Messiah Fellowship, you know that people have walked away from Messiah when they continue to take this to its completion, this belief in the works of Torah. If you take it to its completion, you have no other place to go other than to reject Messiah. We had one that gathered with us not that far back in the past that has taken his entire family and has walked away from Messiah because he began rejecting the very scriptures that the Father has been opening my eyes to. He rejected them when I brought them to him, and he rejected the second witness who brought those to him. And right after rejecting that second witness, they, he and his family, he led his family into publicly denying Yehoshua, denying Jesus. That's the danger of this, folks. And so that's what I believe the Father has called me to do and in the process to put together a group of people that would gather to worship him in spirit and in truth, in love, not allowing anyone to get in between us and our first love, a complete return to our first love that Messiah says we must do in Revelation chapter 2. So those of you that some of you have already really distanced yourself from us, and I've been sensing that that's getting even greater Yes, it hurts. Again, it hurts. But I'm not angry at you. I really hope that we can reason together that you would be willing to trust the Spirit in you if indeed you are born again and hear what I have to say. And I'll leave you with that. I hope that you will do that. Uh, For those out there that are maybe considering the Hebrew Roots Movement, I'd love to talk with you. Those of you who are beginning to have second thoughts about it, I would love to talk with you. I'm in the process of writing two books right now. One of them is called uh, Working Title Right Now, I'm Leaving Adam, uh, which is a song, a title of a song that I wrote just prior to leaving Messiah Fellowship. But it's about leaving the Adamic kind of approach to being saved. And so that's one of the books. The other one is a look verse by verse, chapter by chapter through the book of Hebrews. Probably one of the first books that many in the Torah movement begin to reject that leads them down to that path of rejecting all of the letters of Paul, all of the New Testament then, and finally Messiah. So those are things that I'm working on right now. I'll give you more information on that later on. So hopefully that they'll come together pretty quickly. Part of that is getting my schedule together and all of those kinds of things. So thank you again for listening, spending a good part of a half hour with me. I do appreciate it. I do hope that if you do have questions that you contact me, all that info will be given by Josh at the end of this podcast. 
So I pray that you have a blessed day as you seek the Father, that you be willing to lay everything on the line. Listen, I want to leave you with this. This is something the Father really impressed upon me. You know, he's not afraid of your questions. You can ask him anything. You don't have to fear that you're asking a question that he might say, well, you dummy, why are you asking me that? I can't believe you asked me that. You're showing that you have no faith. That's ridiculous. He wants you to ask him. There's no question that's too hard for him. You know that? He knows our frame. He knows that we really are just frail human beings, and we need to hear from him. So ask him any hard question. Don't be afraid to ask. And don't be afraid to lay everything that you think you know down on the ground at his feet that he may be able to show you what it is that's true and what it is that isn't, that you would come to that place of complete trust and faith in him and in him alone and in no other. That's my goal. I'm not trying to make you have faith in me. I don't want you to follow me. I want you to follow Messiah to fall deeply in love with him because he is deeply in love with you and he proved it by going to the cross and dying for you. And then he did that while you were yet sinners, while you were really in hostile opposition against him. When you could care less, remember there is none who seeks God. No, not one. There is none righteous. No, not one. And he died for us when we were in that position. That's how much love he has for you. Trust him. You can trust him. Really, you can. And I hope that that you will consider those things. So until the next episode, I hope you have a blessed day, a blessed week, a blessed life as you seek Him. Good day. If you've been encouraged by this podcast, please subscribe to Love is Calling and tell your friends to check it out. If you have any questions, email banner at bannerkid.com. That's B-A-N-N-E-R at B-A-N-N-E-R-K-I-D-D dot com. And join us for future episodes of Love is Calling as we continue to focus on Jesus, the lover of our souls. Mm -hmm.